Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, we're going to talk about pastors and addressing major current events. And to help us with this conversation is the legend himself, Nathaniel Williams. Nathaniel Williams serves as the senior pastor of Cedar Rock First Baptist Church. He also oversees the website, podcast, and social media for the Center for Faith and Culture one of our sister centers here at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Nathaniel, it's always a pleasure, brother. Thanks for joining very last second for today's conversation. I'm glad to be here, and uh, you're speaking of the legend. I think you got I think you got the wrong guy. I think, uh, I think maybe he's somewhere else, but uh, I'm glad to be here and contribute what I can. So, brothers, let's talk about how to address major current events. At the time we are recording this, war has broken out in Ukraine. Uh, which is really a rapidly evolving situation. This has been something that has impacted the world, really. And it's something I've seen a lot of pastors and and churches address either through social media or other means of communication. Even before Ukraine, there are events that occur both nationally and internationally that really capture our attention. I I think of 9-11. I think of Columbine. Uh, Obviously, pretty much all of, of 2020 these types of events that that cause us grief and to question the future happen on a regular basis because of the world we live in. So speaking to you both as pastors, really from an urban context, Ronjor, and a rural context, Nathaniel, how do you assess when to address and how to address events like this that occur either nationally or internationally to your church? Well, as, as I'll say with many of these things, I'll defer to Professor Locke, who has far more experience in pastoral ministry than I do. But I think my general tendency is to address them sparingly. And what I mean by that is on a, on a sliding scale between never talking about current events or talking about them all the time. I think we don't want to beat either one of those extremes. But there are some situations in the world or in our communities or wherever else They rise to the level that everybody in the church is thinking about it. And everybody in the church is coming, when when we gather together as the church, that's on their mind, that's on their heart. And to not at least acknowledge those things would be a disservice to them. So I, I think there are some of those things that rise to that level. And so the way I personally address those is typically in our prayer time. I'll help guide us in some ways that we can pray about those situations. Or maybe as an application point, uh, in a sermon or, or whatever else. But by and large, I, I, my default position I wanted to be is to let the text set the agenda for what we're going to study, what we're going to talk about. But there are those times when um, when things in the world rise to that level where to not at least acknowledge those things would be a disservice. Hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that you you have kind of a, a, uh, a, a tension, and, and maybe it's not that much of a of a of attention maybe that's not the word but but there's a sense in which you you want to uh help people recognize that our god and and scripture transcend the moment 
so obviously you got social media and all these things now where there's just so much focus on the moment, so much focus on the here and now. We joke a lot when it comes to sports that, you know, we see a touchdown and that was the greatest touchdown I've ever seen in my life. You know, well, really, was it? You know, <laughs> there's some historical context that would be really helpful at that moment. Uh, or, you know, is this player that's retiring the greatest player of all time? Well, no, he's probably not, you know, outside of, say, Jordan. Um, and yes, I am that guy. Um, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's not the GOAT. You know, there there's only one. And. And even then, he lives in historical context and so on as well. And I think we we can fall into that same issue when it comes to contemporary issues, you know, that we're, we're so fixed on the moment. And so we want to make sure that we're showing that scripture and, of course, our Lord transcend the moment that there's something beyond this that we need to uh, that we need to focus on, especially when we gather at the same time. The God who is transcendent and the God who is greater than this moment is also the God who's here in this moment and certainly speaks to this moment. And so there is this tension in terms of when do I say things, when don't I say things. I think that um, it's it's wise to incorporate it into your prayer time. I think, uh, uh, you know, your pastoral prayer. I think it's wise to incorporate uh, application points and so on. And there are certain times where the situation, the moment is of a magnitude that you may need to, you know, put some things aside and say, okay, let's deal with this directly where it winds up being the topic of your sermon uh, or, or a topic of, of, a, of a specific discussion or something like that. But, but uh, there, it's, it's a wisdom call, really, where you say, do I want to focus on the transcendence of this or do I want to focus on the imminence, you know, of this, uh, uh, of this situation? You know, where is the balance on that? You know, that really, uh, I think, takes a lot of prayer and a lot of wisdom. Just a second. I got to put sports reference on my Ronjor bingo card real quick. Do <laughs> pastors have an obligation to address current events or at least some of the ones that y'all are talking about that are major current events? Again, I think it depends. And again, as Ronjor has said, and I completely agree, it's a wisdom issue. What we don't want to do is to think we are political pundits or, you know, that our pulpit is somehow like the evening news where we have to offer commentary on everything that happens. That's A, not our expertise, B, not very wise. Plus, C, it, I mean, that puts a lot of pressure on a lot you. Of pressure. That's your approach. That's exactly a lot of pressure. And uh, and it's, it's also, you know, not healthy for people. What we need to do is feed people, by and large, the Word, the Word of God, and let that form and shape them and not necessarily always let what's happening right now in the news form and shape us. We get enough of that elsewhere. I was going to say, if, if the news is producing fear yeah. for the people, then pastors need to point them to the hope. Yeah, exactly. But again, I think, as we've said, there are situations like the war in Ukraine, for example, where everybody's thinking about it. Everybody's concerned about it, fearful about it. And so, you know, for that ex- that example, for ex- in our own church, I led our church to to pray for the conflict, to pray for the churches in Ukraine, to to pray for these specific ways, and I helped kind of sh- hopefully shepherd them in a ways to take this angst and this fear and and bring it to the Lord together. And and we also referenced it in a, a part of the sermon that just happened to be talking about the sovereignty of God that week, which is interesting how that happens. The temptation would be to think that expositional preaching doesn't lead you to be as timely. But it's amazing how when preaching through books of the Bible, God brings just the right passage right. at just the right time. Right. 
And, and that was the case for us in, the, in that situation as well. So, uh, again, I think it's just a wisdom issue. Yeah, I, I think we have to be very, very careful when it comes to addressing current events. I don't necessarily think that we shouldn't, but I think that we should be really, really careful when we do. The reason I say that is your take on the issue could be completely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I think, exactly. for instance, uh, I believe it was in Micah, uh, Micah 3, where uh, the prophet is talking to to false prophets and they were preaching in that time. You know, they're, they're giving their hot take <laughs> on the uh, on on the current events that were going on in the land at that time. And they were going around, you know, preaching peace, peace. Uh, it says in Micah 3, 5, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray who cry peace when they have something to eat, but declare war against him who puts nothing in, into their mouths. And so you've got these folks who are kind of looking at the current events and all of that, and they're giving these messages. Really, they're giving the messages, you know, in, according to, you know, what they get out of it and so on. But they're, they're this kind of self-serving, self-focused, uh, you know, approach to uh, to preaching current events. And and I think that we can fall into the same thing. You know, we can fall into a, a posture that says, well, obviously this is God's judgment on, you know, uh, these nations over here because certainly we are God's, you know, chosen people and we are God's, you know, nation and, and God is going to bless us at all times and he's going to judge all the other nations at all times and things like that. Uh, well, that's just false prophecy. God never said that. God never guaranteed that. God never promised that. But it's so easy for us to do that. It's right. so easy for us to to get into this this sense that we know what God is up to, and we know God's specific purposes and plans and so on for everything. Nine times out of ten, we may know one one trillionth <laughs> of what God is up to in a certain moment. And so that means that we've got to be very careful. We've got to be very cautious and 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 make sure that we're not overstepping in 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 our our takes on things. Ultimately the the goal is for us that we need to point people to Christ and right. we need to feed the sheep uh, as as Nathaniel said we need to feed the sheep with the word of God and where the word of God speaks into these things we need to be very firm and we need to be very bold but where there is ambigu uh, ambiguity where you know things aren't exactly as cut and dry i think we need to admit that and 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 just preach with humility uh, that we don't have all the takes and we don't know all the answers to everything yeah and i feel like and ronger i don't know if you agree that there a particular temptation for for pastors and ministry is to have an inflated sense of our own expertise Mm -hmm. um, to think that because mm -hmm. I stand in a pulpit every week and people listen to me, that they therefore want to hear right. what I have to say about politics right. or about epidemics or pandemics or whatever else. And, and I think we need to remember that, A, we're not experts on everything. I am not an epidemiologist. Just because you have the master of divinity doesn't <laughs> yeah, mean that that touches all aspects no, of life. not at all. Right. And, and I think we have to remember as, as pastors, like, our words carry weight because they are in accord with what the scriptures say. Our words don't carry weight just because we like to talk a lot. No, that's a right? good word. So and I think we need to be very, very careful when we're pontificating. And any, I would even extend this to, to outside the pulpit. When we're just pontificating, shooting the, shooting the breeze with a friend or even on social media. When we're kind of venturing outside our expertise but speaking with the same kind of authority that we like to speak with when we're speaking from God's word then we're getting people really confused. 
right. uh, because that's not our expertise. No, that, that's that's really helpful. And, and while we're here, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this question out there. Uh, what are some examples? Y'all both have listed some. What are some examples of the dangers of addressing current events if you decide with that wisdom that this is something that I need to, to, to share with my congregation? Real quick, as, as y'all were talking, I, I was even thinking a lot of these current events are always evolving. And so you have to be careful in recognizing that one day it might be something, but tomorrow it might be something completely different. So the ground is constantly moving. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a, a one one big aspect of it. I think another aspect is God has a way of of addressing current events in ways that just simply don't go with the status quo. <laughs> I mean, he'll he'll say things, and you're just going, "Wow, I I didn't see that coming." So you've got the tax issue in in Rome. And, you know, the, the folks obviously wanted to wanted to trap Jesus and say, hey, you know, should we give taxes to Caesar? And Jesus you know, answers that in such a subversive way. Uh, he just he just completely undercuts it. <laughs> and and I think that we're typically wanting a black or white answer, you know, yes or no. Should we give to Caesar? Um, and Jesus answers it in such a way that upholds the authority of Caesar, but at the same time recognizes the limitations of Caesar's uh, leadership and so on and his authority, and that he says, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to the Lord the things that are the Lord's. And the fact of the matter is, I would never think of that answer. Right. That would right. never come through, you know, come to my head. That's that's an answer that only God and His wisdom and in His and His uh, and and His genius would think of. So the 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 danger that I see is that you know we're so <laughs> we, we so overestimate um, our ability to process all of the things that are involved to see everything that needs to be seen. Kind of to what you were saying, Brandon. Well, you know, I have no idea what what is going on behind closed doors. I don't know what's going on, you know, in the shadows, and I don't know all of the factors that feed into all of this. All I know is what I see, and even what I see is filtered. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I all of that for me says I need to go really, really slowly with this, and I need to be really, really careful with this, and I need to trust more the wisdom of God and the scriptures mm -hmm. than the wisdom that is here in my own head. Absolutely. I totally agree. And then I think a, a related danger, and I'll put it in the form of a question, is I think that we should all ask ourselves is what's driving the bus, right? What's driving the bus of our ministry? What's driving the bus in, our, in what we're preaching about? Is the, Are the headlines driving the bus? Like, is that kind of the motivating factor of what we're saying, or is God's word uh, driving the bus? And inevitably, when God's word drives the bus and when we see what God's word says, it does apply to all of life. It does apply to every facet of our human existence. But one of the commitments we have to make when we're preaching expositionally is that God gets to set the agenda by and large mm -hmm. through his word. He gets to set the agenda. We go where he leads and, and we don't let what CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or whatever the current crisis is dominate and motivate everything that we do in ministry. Have you ever had a member respond negatively to you addressing current events? And if so, how did you respond? Certainly I have. I, I had the privilege, and I use that in the largest air quotes possible, of pastoring both during the 2012 election and the 2016 election in Baltimore. And and so when I was pastoring there, you you know, you had the Obama 
years, and you also had the beginning of the Trump era there as well. And certainly, you know, there were things that I could say from the pulpit, you know, things that I thought were were not biblical in terms of policy uh, that came up, you know, as I was walking through the scriptures. You know, um, most of the time when I'm talking current events, most of the time, if I'm if it's going to come into my sermon, it's because there's something in the text that that you know, kind of gives me the the permission to to speak into this. It doesn't usually come out of left field or or anything like that. It's 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 more because this is you know part of the argument of the of the text or right. or it's an application of the argument of the text. But in, in both administrations, uh, there were things that I that I felt I needed to say. You know, uh, just simply because the scriptures you know, spoke into those types of things. And as you would expect, you know, I had some folks that were pro Obama that came over and were just like, pastor, I just don't even know why you're saying that. I don't even understand why you're bringing, you know, why you're bringing this up. And, and certainly I had folks on the pro Trump side that were, have you lost your mind? You're, you know, a woke liberal, whatever. And, and, and so on. How do I respond with all of that? Well, just simply, uh, first off, if you have an an issue uh, with what I said, show me from the scriptures why this was wrong. You know, so don't get upset because I hurt you. I hurt your feelings, uh, but rather show me from the scriptures that this is not the argument that you know of the of the biblical writer. And and typically there wasn't a response to that. Uh, so so I, I gathered from that that the response probably had more to do with with, you know, just stepping on toes than it did with, uh, with, you know, actually stepping out of bounds. And that's going to come, you know, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Uh, why did they persecute the prophets? Uh, as Jesus said, why did they persecute the prophets? Well, they persecuted the prophets because, well, they said things that they didn't want to hear and they wanted to silence them. Uh, those things happen. You know, you look at the gospel and, and you'll hear this. You'll hear folks that will say, well, just preach the gospel. You know, you, you know, don't 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 get into all of these different issues. Don't get into all these current events and stuff. You know, just just stick to John 316 and, and, and so on. Well, part of the problem with that is the Bible is more than John 316. John 316 is a verse <laughs> in the scriptures. And I'm supposed to preach the whole counsel of God. Uh, so that's problem number one. Problem number two is it suggests that the Bible is only concerned with the spiritual and it's not concerned with the rest of creation. And that just simply is not biblical. You know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in case anybody wondered, the, the word is still flesh. <laughs> as he sits at the right hand of the father and he is going to make all things new and that uh, includes all of creation and so on this is as we used to sing this is my father's world and so if this is his world and if this is his creation and so on and if i'm supposed to preach the whole counsel of god then that means that what i'm going to say is going to have a lot of implications for society and uh, it's going to have a lot of implications for uh, current events and current affairs and so on. And uh, yeah, you know, we we need to hear what God has to say about these uh, about these things. And, you know, he has given it to us in his word. And if people don't like that, then, well, one day we're going to stand before him and we can have that conversation then. Yeah, I, I would agree entirely with what you just said. I think sometimes we treat faith like our Sunday clothes. You know, we get it out of the closet, put it on for Sunday morning church, go home, change back into, and we live the rest of our lives as if God doesn't matter. 
And But if we really believe that God is God and that this is his creation, as you said, then our faith affects not just Sunday mornings, but also Monday mornings and Friday nights and Saturday nights and all the rest of our life. And we want to make that very clear to people that our faith doesn't just give us, a, you know, a tickets to heaven. It, it transforms every aspect of our life and how we think about even things that go on in our workplace or in the world or, or elsewhere. I think I completely agree. Speaking back to the, the question of has anyone ever responded negatively to, to me addressing a current event? And like Roger, yes, uh, there was a pretty significant event that happened uh, in politics a, a year or two or three ago. And uh, in that time of prayer, I, I, I shared some things in relation to that event. And there was a, a brother in my church, dear brother, a week or two later, he gave me a phone call and he said, hey, we need to talk. And, you know, you always wonder when someone says, we need to talk. You're like, where's this going? Where's this going? But he, he, he came to share with me his thoughts on this particular topic. And it was very clear that he disagreed with how I portrayed the situation. And he had disagreed with how, with that whole situation. But I listened. I let him air his thoughts. And we had a dialogue. And at the end of the conversation, he said, I love you, brother. And I said, I love you, brother, too. And, and I think... With most of these situations, just to sit down and have a conversation, you can move past it and treat each other as brothers or sisters in Christ. Yeah, and, and doing that in person, not over social media, probably. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I mean, that's this was a phone call, but I right. think in general, conversation, especially in person, is way, way better than typing it out. Uh, that, that, that never works. <laughs> right. What are other ways pastors can address events that cause grief or anxiety Maybe from outside the pulpit, I know y'all have, y'all have talked about prayer times. Nathaniel, I know you've written blogs at, uh, on your church's website to encourage and address issues. What are some What are some ways? Yeah, so those things that I've written, I've written one about January 6th. I wrote one uh, around the inaugurations for both President Trump and President Biden, just giving kind of a, uh, a, a Christian way of thinking from the scriptures about those in elected authority and whatnot. Uh, those kind of came out of the overflow of things that I had shared with my church uh, in, in those rare occasions when I kind of do make space for that. So that there's those situations where I, I think it's helpful to kind of lay out, here's what the scriptures say, here's what God's calling us to be and to do, and here's how that might be a little different than what your favorite pundit might say or make you want to feel at this moment. But I think by and large, with most of these situations, the biggest thing uh, in this the biggest way I can serve my people is by listening and talking to them, just one-on-one, even outside normal church time, just sitting there, uh, going to their house, talking to them. And, and you can, at that point, kind of hear what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and, and begin to, to press in and pray for them and, and uh, apply God's word kind of on an individual basis as well. Yeah, we've done plenty of things. Um, uh, we've written articles before. Um, I, I know even where I serve as an elder now, uh, we've had kind of, I guess you could say like breakout meetings, you know, where, uh, you know, after the service or, or another time where we'll just get together and we'll say, okay, here's the topic. I say, I believe it was, uh, if it wasn't last year, 2021, it was in 2020 where we said, we're going to have a conversation on race. And so, uh, you know, a couple of us uh, elders got together and, you know, it was it was a 
pretty full room and and we said yeah let's let's just think our way through the conversation let's think our way through you know some of the historical factors what does scripture say how can we pray as a body you know for our 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 culture for our country um you know for for god's wisdom and and for reconciliation and 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 so forth and and what can we do moving forward and so you know sometimes that that that's what you need as a church you just need a space where you can talk you know just a place where where you can think think out loud uh you know what what what's going on and and how do we you know how do we think through this how do we pray uh there are other things um obviously you mentioned ukraine and and stuff going on uh these days you know there are humanitarian efforts you know we're all southern baptists here and and so you know different efforts that are uh, going on um you know with partners of ours that are on the ground over there and 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 others you know that that maybe as a church you say hey let's partner in this way let's 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 be a part of that so so that you're not just talking but you're actually you know providing some action steps as well uh you know those are some things that are uh that are very helpful in, in shepherding your flock, not just in helping them think through things, but even in helping them act in ways that will uh, that will glorify the Lord too. Yeah, that's helpful. Going back to Ukraine, uh, you know, recently my wife and I were, were talking about the events going on and, and our son was nearby and, and overheard what we were saying. And all of a sudden he began to, to become, a, you know, fearful. You know, he asked us if, if, if Russia was going to attack us and he began to really worry about that at least for the rest of that day. And it was really an opportunity for Debbie and I just to reassure him uh, that while we, we don't know the future, we trust the sovereign one who does. And it was really an opportunity for us to share the gospel with our six-year-old and our three-year-old. Every time something like this happens, there's an opportunity to share and to remind children of the power of the gospel. So thinking of parents, how can pastors help parents as they help their children process grief and question current events, because it would be foolish to think that children aren't exposed to this, uh, you know, the things that are going on in the world, whether overhearing conversations or interacting with kids at school, they know what's going on. And a lot of times they, they need to process that. So how would you instruct parents? Yeah, I think that uh, pastors have a, a massive responsibility uh, in, in shepherding parents uh, in their massive responsibility. We have the opportunity to to shepherd our young ones to to see God as he is. Unfortunately, we're in situations, you know, uh, where where we're, we're needing we're in great need of a of a big God. Um, a big God who is who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Uh, I know just in the last couple of weeks, uh, we had a member in our church uh, who reached out for prayer because one in uh, their kid's school, it looks like uh, it may have been a suicide, but we don't totally know for sure if that's what it was, but he he died. teenage you know that that lost his life and the member his children uh you know obviously they go to our our church um i actually preached that that sunday um and we were going through romans and romans 8 and 
uh, we're right at the point in Romans 8 where God, or where Paul asks, uh, who can bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Um, you know, who is to condemn? And it says Christ Jesus is the one who died, who was raised, uh, who sits at the right hand of God, who indeed makes intercession for us. Um, and, and I was able to uh, preach not just the, that message, but also speak into that a little bit and say, hey, if this, you know, young man knew, knew Jesus as his savior, um, with all the struggles, with all the, you know, uh, burdens and, and, and everything, there is no one to condemn. You know, Christ Jesus has taken all the condemnation mm-hmm. upon himself and 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 God has justified him. So there's no charge. You know, uh, the charges are, are are all taken care of in Christ. Uh, and and I was able to, to speak that over the parents and also speak that over the children as well as they're grappling with this. Unfortunately, as it seems to to be, you know, we we had our issues. I remember Columbine when I was a when I was a teenager. I was actually a senior in high school, and that probably either ages me or or I became incredibly younger for some people too. But uh, but in '99, it was just a few weeks before I graduated from high school. Columbine happened April April twentieth. I remember like it was yesterday. You know, watching the news and just and just being stunned because that had never happened in my lifetime you know that was the first time that i had come face to face with the possibility that somebody could walk into a school and just open fire i i didn't have that category uh and i'm grateful that there were folks there at that time that shepherded me even my parents included in saying that there is a god that's big enough for this you know, there's a God who who has this. This wasn't outside of the plan of God, as if this was some random thing that happened, but rather God is in control. God is the one moving all of this. The story is still on track. The ending is still certain. Jesus is going to reign and he is going to deal with all evil and he is going to make all things new. Um, I needed that when I was a high schooler, uh, when I was facing, you know, uh, the the horrors of evil and so on in, in my day. I feel like it's it's exponentially more necessary nowadays as uh, as as students and and kids are going through uh, so many more things and facing so many more things than I ever did in in, in my time at their as their age, um, and so even more so we need to double down on 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 solid theology reminding ourselves who God is, reminding ourselves what he has done in Christ and, uh, and, and shepherding parents to, uh, to love their, their kids and teaching them this as well. A hearty amen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think kids realize more than we think they're realizing or kids pay attention to more than we think they're paying attention to. They know what's going on. They, they can tell there's tension when we talk about things in the world. And, uh, and I would agree with that as a parent of three soon to be four kids myself, you know, I want to walk them through praying through this situation. And also, as Roger said, helping them see that the end is not the end, that for those who trust in Jesus, that there is hope, there is the kingdom, there is, there is all these things and God is big and God's in control and we just got to trust him. Uh, That's really hard. It's easy to say it's, it's harder to put into practice, right? right? right. But, uh, but that's what we all have to try to do is, is help them to see that I can't fix all the problems, but God, God can. He's in control. Right. So we spent a lot of time talking about how you as pastors help your people process things. Let's switch, let's switch gears just a little bit and, and, and talk about how, how you personally 
process some of the traumatic events going on in the world because pastors aren't immune. And so how do you process this and how has that helped you as you shepherd them? So I am generally Mr. Cup Half Full. (laughs) I am generally very optimistic. I'm the person that always says it's all going to be fine. It's all going to work out. The worst thing that you can imagine is not going to happen. That's my personality. However, 2020 happened. (laughs) And uh, I saw very quickly that sometimes the worst things do happen. Right. And they happen on a big scale. And not to get too personal, but they happen on a smaller scale as well. I had a very uh, significant health situation early in 2020 where I realized all this optimism, uh, I'm not in control. The worst things really could happen. And in all of that and in the anxiety of all that and just the, the, uh, the, the scars from all of that, you come to see that really, despite all that, God's still good anyway. Mm. And so just speaking very personally, from that time, those scars are remaining, but also this imprint of, of feeling God's love and God's compassion and his care at those really difficult times remains. And so now that's what I cling to when things look crazy in the world and things in Ukraine happen. And then I wonder, could this be World War III or whatever? You know, these fears that we have that come to our heart, come to our mind, I I realize that, you know, the worst could happen. Mm. But God's still God. And he's in control. And that's just what I've got to cling to. Right. Ron Jor, something that stands out to me when when we talk about this and just processing things, you and I were having a conversation last week and Man, the words that you spoke have just been just cemented in my head. And that is, we were made for this. We were made for this. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, as a as a believer, so I'm not even just speaking pastor, professor, but just as, as a believer, I think that I grew up... Uh, with this sense that, you know, we as, as Christians, you know, kind of what you were saying, the thing, you know, we, we've got, we've got hope. It's all going to work out, you know, in the end, everything is going to be all right. And, you know, I turned on Christian radio. I remember growing up and it's, and it's a lot of that, you know, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be happy, you know, kind of almost like Lego movie. Everything is awesome. You know, you hear that on repeat. Um, and and it doesn't take long before you start to realize that this world is tough. Right. <laughs> I mean, things you know that we go through, health issues that we go through, uh, world crises you know that that have massive implications on on our way of life and 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 our well being and and so on. There are just all these things that happen. And it's interesting, the last few years have have drawn me deeper and deeper, uh, not just into the Psalms, but into the laments. Um, I'm, I think if there's one thing that I've been grateful for over the last few years is that the Lord has been teaching me how to lament. Um, just to, to be honest, <laughs> this world is jacked up. You know, there there's there's no getting around it. You know, there's no rosy colors for it. You know, it's just, it's, it's a mess. It's a hot mess. (laughs) And, and there are all kinds of things that, that go on in the world, uh, you know, that don't make the news that are brutal. 
and yeah. and have uh, uh, massive effects on on our well-being, massive effects on 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 you know the world and and individual lives and and so forth. And and there's a space for bringing that to the Lord. There's a space for saying, Lord, this is this is more than I can bear. This is this is I, I just I can't process all of this. I I can't deal with all of this. Or or you know uh, uh, you know what are the effects that this uh, particular instance will have on my congregation? And it and it's tough you know to think that you know, the, this could drastically affect the way that we live as a local church, you know, uh, this could split us up, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, the implications could be. And yet kind of what you were saying, Brandon, none of this is a surprise to God. It's new to me. <laughs> you know, I'm only working, you know, one second at a time, um, you know, but none of this is is new for him. In fact, he molded us and shaped us and had us and had these things in mind when he made us as we are. And, and he put us in this time, you know, uh, in our walks with Christ and everything so that we would be, you know, where we are, you know, uh, and, and so on. He's, he's so perfectly weaving all of these things together, uh, to accomplish his purpose in the world, to accomplish his purpose in us. Uh, and of course, to move all of these things towards the return of his son. Um, again, that is more than I can bear. <laughs> That's more for me to comprehend. But there's great comfort in knowing that we have a father uh, who who bears our burdens, a father, you know, we have a spirit who, you know, who joins us in the groaning. Um, and, and we have a son, of course, you know, that has promised to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So with all the current events, they're, they're hard to process. They're hard, you know, to, to deal with. And I find myself more and more on my face, just saying, you know, one, help us Lord. And two, come Lord Jesus. Um, you know, and yeah, those prayers have just kind of risen more and more to the top, uh, the older I get. This world is jacked up, but God's grace is knitted in it and just evident throughout. It's a good word, brother. So as you both know, our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership is to equip and encourage. So let's focus on that encourage aspect. Any final words of encouragement for pastors, church leaders listening right now on this topic? My biggest encouragement for myself and every other pastor is we don't have to be the experts. When it comes to, to hot button issues, things going on in the world, there's, we're not pundits. We're not, we're not the experts. We can point people to the experts, but our primary mission is and will remain to be to teach and preach and apply the word of God to people's lives. And as it touches on things in the world, we do so, but uh, we, uh, we're not the experts. And I think there's a freeing aspect. <laughs> no, there's a freedom in feeling that and understanding that, that, that my job is to say what God has already said. Yeah, and I would add that uh, the um, the goal of, of of your role as a pastor is to shepherd, and so you're leading the sheep, you're guiding the sheep, you're protecting the sheep from from error, protecting the sheep from wolves, uh, and so on. And you know, in many ways, you know, your job as the shepherd is is not to to carry the sheep, if you will, uh, but rather to point the sheep to the chief shepherd who can carry them uh, and carry, you know, uh, carry them all the way home. And so, uh, you know, the, when these 
massive uh, kind of cataclysmic things happen in our world or, or even closer to home, uh, realize that it is not your job to carry, you know, the flock. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your job to shepherd the flock towards the chief shepherd who alone can carry them. Uh, so you as a sheep, uh, you know, find yourself on your knees, um, you know, plant yourself on your knees and cry out to the Lord, uh, you know, to redeem this world, um, and love your people well by directing them to the chief shepherd who promised to make all things new. Um, if you do so, you will uh, do well for your own soul, uh, but you'll also do well for your flock uh, also. Mm. Well, that'll do it, Nathaniel. Brother, thanks again for joining us today. If you aren't following the Center for Faith and Culture, do yourself a big favor and visit their website, cfc.sebits.edu, and hit that subscribe button. Doing so will allow you to stay up to date on all their latest content, including a recent podcast that y'all did on praying for Ukraine. So for pastors listening that want to stay up on some of the current events, they're a great source of content. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If you found this episode helpful in any way, uh, leave us a review and a five-star rating. Doing so both encourages us and helps others find out about us. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope we've done that today with our conversation. Finally, my friends, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.